Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast discussing entertainment, news, and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. Doesn't matter. Wow. Nothing matters anymore. Oh boy. It can't have been that bad. We'll get into it. Oh no. You're gonna be all elitist, aren't you? (laughs) We'll get into it. Who are you? Batman, I guess. God, I gotta cut this bit. <laughs> Nat, what do people do? I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna pour my water on your face. I'm gonna waterboard you. Hug their friends and family. Stop. What, you don't support people hugging their friends no. and family? Okay. Love is not acceptable here. Well, okay. All right. Uh, you should... Um, I mean, I guess you can like and subscribe. And start a um, fight in the comments. Remember when we used to talk about the... Yeah, start a fight in the comments. Yeah. We'll we'll have some juicy media opinions for you on this one, maybe. I can't wait for you to be setting up all of this just to say that you loved both of them. Yep. Did I bring my books in? I did. Yeah, you did. I... What you been up to? Other than the thing we'll, we're we'll get about. into, we'll get into the big things uh, in a little bit here. Um, I finished Obi Wan finally. Hey! I was really sitting on that last episode for a while, but yeah. we got through it. So, what do you think about the last bit? Uh, I liked it. Um, I feel like on the whole the show did just enough to justify itself. It could have been just the best half hour of the last episode. Yep. And that would have been perfectly fine as well. Um, we didn't need the story of child lay being annoying. Yep. Um, but you know, it's, it's fine. It's in the world now. Um, there's a lot of aggressive fan service, but I'm a star Wars fan and I enjoy being serviced. Yeah. And the yeah, there was some good good solid stuff. The the final fight, um, some good emotional moments in there. Uh, kind of a good little touch point between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. Yep, I think and just it, it's a good little addition. Yeah, I'm not excited about it. I probably will never go back and rewatch it. Um, Would I'll, you rewatch the uh, movie cut? That's apparently like actually good, and they cut out pretty much all of the Leia stuff. Yeah. I'm planning to watch that at some point. Sounds better. Yeah. Sounds like what they should have done in the first place. Yeah. Remember when this is originally supposed to be a movie? Yeah. This was supposed to be the standalone Star Wars movie that they stopped doing after Solo flopped so hard. So they thought, well, instead of movies, let's make TV shows that are mostly just kind of fine. Yeah. I am excited for Andor. It might be irrational, but I'm... I just, Smug Imperial boys drinking their coffee. I don't know what it is, but that that one image is just doing it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Have I done anything else? Uh, I started Fire and Blood. Which is... The Silmarillions to Game of Thrones. Oh, gotcha. Um, It's the the prequel that tells the story of House Targaryen from the... uh, Basically, the first chapter is Aegon the Conqueror, Aegon the Conquering. Okay um up through actually don't know how far it goes because i'm only about a third of the way through all right um i'm enjoying it um if uh you can think of lord of the rings as sort of a story set in a world and silmarillion is the underlying mythology that is sort of outlined in lord of the rings or defined in lord of the rings um then you'd Go to the opposite pole and think of Game of Thrones as fantasy, as sociology. This is sort of the historical background you need for the sociological questions. So it's it's a drier read, 
but it's still enjoyable because George R. R. Martin is a capable writer and it's interesting subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have, he does manage to work some interesting thematic ideas into it a little bit. I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff he plays with in Game of Thrones right. um, or Song of Ice and Fire, I should say. I should be a snob about that. Yeah. It's something that would really, I think, help this conversation. Um, but uh, so, for example, there's a there's a scene where um, the Kingsguard famously stands down a hundred knights or something. Um, they don't fight him, but they just the force of their presence is enough to overcome. Him. And then there's a lengthy footnote that he's like, um, well, the tale is told like this. There are there were also these other other guardsmen that were in the castle and we don't know what side they were on and what they were doing at this particular time. So it's entirely possible that the. Uh, full extent of the story has been a little bit exaggerated through history, hmm. which is kind of something that he gets into a lot in yeah. Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones, the sort of the mythologization of um, people. Yeah. Just people living their lives, doing their thing, mm-hmm. figuring things out the best they can. And we, we build these myths and ideas about them. And then at the end, it's just, it's just people doing the best with what they got. One of my favorite examples of that is literally the founding fathers of America. Mm-hmm. They were, 18 to 24 year olds just really wanting to do something and try to piece together how to make a country. Yeah. And now we have a select portion of our country who worship them as gods and what they, (laughs) what they wrote on paper as humans is the gospel that they also don't actually understand because they literally say some things are hoax. The chat said, I'm not going to get into it. Please don't. And they were like literally like this is like a thing that didn't no one ever actually said. It's like it's it's in the Constitution. Have you read the Constitution? Anyway, uh, I have. I have read the Constitution. Have you read the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, no, you haven't. Yeah. There's no way you've read the entire Constitution. Our AP US history teacher gave out little pocket Constitution copies. And you uh, read the whole thing. Maybe it was government, and it's like forty pages. Yeah, but it's also not an interesting read. It was for seventeen-year-old me. Fair enough. You're a weirdo. You love the Silmarillion, you weirdo. Silmarillion's pretty great. I'm See? just gonna I'm gonna flip through it and smell the Silmarillion. What a weirdo. Uh hope that picked up. Anything else? Um I bought two more Switch games, but have not started playing them. Okay. I'm gonna give you ten guesses to get them both, just like I did before. Uh guesses or questions? Questions. Uh alright. Are they open world? Are one of them open world? One of them is open world. Zelda. Yes. I'm gonna. I'm comfortable with that. No, you got a Zelda. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Breath of the Wild. I figured. Just yeah. Specify. That's the, the big one. Cool. Um. All right, that's one down to two questions. <laughs> nice. You should be able to get this one pretty easily. Uh. It's not open world. Is it a? classic nintendo property no is it at least i hope it's not open world i haven't started playing it yet i don't think it is okay from what i've heard fair enough i'm pretty confident it's not oh my god is it new uh i would say is it new in the past five years yes okay is it a switch only game or is it a game that's available on multiple platforms you're kind of asking the wrong guy here. I'm pretty confident it's available on multiple platforms, but I wouldn't 100% guarantee that. 
Is this it rated is really M? fun when I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> is it rated M? Uh, no. I don't think so. Shouldn't be. Okay. That narrowed down by... <laughs> to, like, narrowed it down by two. <laughs> um, I got four questions left. Good. I haven't been counting. You could have said you have 12 questions. <laughs> and I would have been fine with it. <laughs> is it a... You already have Mario Kart, so it's not going to be a racing game, most likely. Unless that's what I wanted you to think with my video game purchase. Is it a game that I have played? Yes. Woo, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You sure it's not open world? <laughs> uh, really hoping so. I play a lot of open world. I play apart. almost all open world games. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game I've played. Is it a game that I have played recently and suggested to you? Yes. Probably open world. <laughs> Probably open world then. <laughs> Is it Red Dead? No, that's rated M. Never mind. I want to take that question back. I already, no, can you even play that on the Switch? I don't. Almost certainly no. <laughs> Doesn't feel like a Switch friendly game. It's a game I suggested. It's not Skyrim because I know Skyrim is on Switch. It but, is. Yeah, they no. did. I, th- I, I, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Hmm. What's a game recently that I suggested to you? Oh my god, I want to say Hollow Knight because it could understandably not be open world, but it is open world. Uh, and I also played it recently, I also suggested it to you, and it also is something that is possibly on Switch. But okay. I also uh, Googling it, it is actually open world. Is it Hollow Knight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so good at this! <laughs> oh man, I love how it was literally like, it could conceivably not be, but it mm-hmm. is, but like, all, yeah. Alright, cool! Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. I've Hopefully you get further than I do. <laughs> yep, we'll see. Uh, I've got a chess tournament next weekend, so I'm like aggressively prepping for that right now. Right. But uh, that'll be kind of my reward to myself afterwards is I'll, I'll play that a little bit. Nice. See how it goes. All right. I, Zelda hope it's a, and... I hope it's a worthy reward. It is. Uh, you might get mad. I don't know how you are at raging at games that are difficult. Like, it is a challenging game. Because <laughs> you probably haven't played very many games that, like, this will be... Of what I know from you and games, mm-hmm. this will be the most challenging you, game you've ever played. Uh, Bionicle Matoran Adventures begs to differ on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> when I was seven, my first ever video game. <laughs> uh, um, I can still boot that up and my fingers know what to do to get through the difficult parts. Wow. Which is kind of cool. You were also seven? Yeah. So... I mean, it also could probably be a really difficult game. I don't know. I've never played it. There's some there's some real challenging spots. There's part where you're on like a conveyor belt thing and it's conveying you along and there's bugs coming at you and little spots that'll hurt you if you go over them. And then you have to jump and you have to time your jump exactly right or you miss the thing. And Is it a platformer? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's, cool. All right. I mean, you've, you've seen me play a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever see me play a boss? No. Yeah. Those are, those are the tough ones. Those are mm-hmm. the ones that are like yeah hard they take so many hits and they will kill you and it yeah it's honestly it's more enraging to me when you have to go a really long distance and there is also mm-hmm. a chance of you dying on the way to the boss mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh yeah good luck okay um thank you you're gonna need it yeah. uh but zelda i'm that'll be cool that'll be fun yep yeah. i'm excited that was one that Hannah and I both wanted to get. Um, I was I saw Hollow Knight was fifteen dollars, mm. and I was like, "Yeah, Preston recommended it. Looks fun." Yeah, it's really it's a it, like 
Because it's also like a very when you're not actively fighting, it's a very like somber game. Mm-hmm. I did download it and then booted it up just to make sure it worked because I got just a little pass, right? Not the actual card. Um, and the just the title music, I was like, I I sat and just listened to the title music yeah. for about three minutes. Oh like, yeah, I, the music too is just absolutely phenomenal. It's yeah. I think it won awards for its music and stuff. Yep. So cool. it won awards for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, cool. Open world games. Yeah. I may get you fun. to. I can't wait till you can play Red Dead, but that's gonna take a console or a computer or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of interest going that far, but you'll love. You'd love it. I I feel confident I would. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh. All right. Before we get into the big stuff, what do you got? And just just so in case people are dropping in on this episode. Um, I have seen the first two episodes of House of the Dragon. I have seen the first two episodes of Rings of Power. Those are the only ones that are out as of this recording. Yep. And I'm going to do a fun little compare and contrast breakdown for you in a little bit here. Yep. Just keep it teased there. All right, NPR. You know you like it. <laughs> <laughs> in case you're just joining us. Um, I so failed to mention uh, a couple things for the past couple games. Uh, so I started playing the game Outer Outer Worlds. Okay. Uh, which is a it's a space game that uh, for people who un- understand this reference, it's a combination of Fallout and uh, Mass Effect is the best. I did not understand that reference. Good. I enough. also went into the start of the, this spiel with you trying to remember if this was No Man's Sky or not. It is not. I, I remembered the name No Man's Sky, and I thought, okay, that's that's. Ah, you know one. No Man's Sky. I watched Andrew play it for about thirty seconds once when I was coming to meet you for recording. Oh, okay, yeah, different game. Yep. Uh, and so it's by Obsidian, who is the people that are that made Fallout New Vegas. Mm-hmm. So for some video game background stuff, so Bethesda, it's a game company. Okay. They make Elder Scrolls. Yep. And they make Fallout. Sounds like a pretty good company. Those I support two, them. Those two good, those two, those two franchises, and a few other ones. Uh, they bought Fallout, um, from whatever the company before Fallout Three. So they're they made Fallout Three and Four mm-hmm. and Seventy Six, but we don't talk about that one. Um, and I believe they only made Morrowind, which was the third Elder Scrolls, Morrowind, Oblivion Four, and Skyrim Five. Mm-hmm. Um. And Obsidian, another developer company, was the one that made Fallout New Vegas mm-hmm. in, in conjunction with, uh, I believe, with Bethesda. New Vegas is easily the best Fallout game um, by all accounts. And I haven't played it yet because I haven't had a powerful enough computer and like the dedication to actually like sit down with it, mm-hmm. uh, which is next on my list, actually. Uh, so I started playing Outer. So it's Outer. That's Obsidian. They made New Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um they they know how to make good games and they made Outer Worlds. Started playing Outer Worlds, got maybe a day into playing it, and I'm like, this makes me want to play Fallout 4. And so I played Fallout 4. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um which I need to give Outer Worlds another chance. Like I just really wanted to play Fallout 4 because I hadn't played it. Uh stop reading Silmarillion. Uh yeah, I'm just trying to I don't care about video games. I'm, I'm talking to, to you. A of Interaction with me. You're talking to the audience. I'm talking to you. Okay. Talk to me. <laughs> I listen to you when you talk about chess and come up with conversation about it. That's true. Carlson beat Nepo. It's pretty funny. You're a bitch. 
So I played this game, Fallout 4. In the game, there are four factions that you can align yourself with. There's the railroad. This better get interesting real quick, or I'm getting Silmarillion back out here. So there's the rail. So there's th- people called synths. There are things called synths. They're like robots that look exactly like humans. Replicates. Uh, yeah, basically. Okay, so yeah, they're replicates. Hey, connected uh, something I know. So Good stuff. there's the railroad. The belief replicates are humans. Like they they deserve all the same rights as humans and everything. Uh, they're the ones that work like underground. They're the spies and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's the institution that makes the the synths uh, and views them as just like. Kind of the future, but just like objects, like mm-hmm. slaves and stuff like that. Sounds good. Um, you have the Minutemen, who are just there to survive in the world, mm-hmm. completely neutral of synths. They don't really care. Uh, and you have the Brotherhood of Steel, who view synths and the Institute as an abomination of humanity. And because it's like, oh, this is po- Fallout is about post-nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is what happens when technology runs amok. It's we get nuclear war and fallout and stuff so this is just technology running amok again sounds about right technology is evil you shouldn't do it that's true should not do technology uh so there's the four that you can align yourself with uh and you can align with all of them at the beginning you kind of follow these quest lines Mm -hmm. uh but at certain point in each of those quest lines you will make an enemy with one of the other ones Mm -hmm. so if you get too far into like the brother to steal you'll make an enemy of the institute and they become completely unavailable Um, i in my completionist idiocy uh found the kind of the cutoff point mm-hmm. for each of them and basically did every single quest you know with the full checklist of all side quests available of course um and did every single quest all the way up to the cutoff points mm-hmm. and then basically went and did i was gonna do like you do the brotherhood of steel like so you do a hard save mm-hmm. then you do the brotherhood of steel make all the enemies go bring it all the way to the end of the game mm-hmm. reboot that save and then do uh, the Institute. So I did the Brotherhood of Steel because I didn't like their ideals very much. They were basically like, murder everybody. I'm like, that's kind of mean. That's great. I like um, it. I support them. And then the Institute, they're like, look, these synths are like good to have. And like, we are nice to them. But like, they're just robots. So we don't really care about them. And it's like, ah, oh, lame. Ah, all lame. right. Uh, and so they're like, all right, you're second best. So I'll follow you and I'll do that. And then I was going to do the railroad because I liked theirs. It's like, you know what? Even if they are just robots, they still have sentience, it seems, and like, and are aware. So why not just like treat them as humans? Like, yeah, I kind of agree with that one. So then I'll do that one. And also to follow the Minutemen. The Minutemen are just kind of independent of everything. You just kind of do their whole thing. That kind of attitude will get you fired at Google. Will it though? Yeah. Oh. Oh, bummer. Uh, looks like I'm going to work for Google. <laughs> Did you hear that whole story? Uh-uh. Guy got fired at Google because he claimed their AI was sentient. Oh. But was their AI actually sentient? No. Then. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I did the Brotherhood of Steel. Finished that all up. Um, and then I wanted to play Skyrim. And so I. <laughs> <laughs> so i started playing skyrim to be fair it's because i was waiting on my new pc to be finished and ready to go and stuff right. and it was right as i was doing the brotherhood of steel line mm-hmm. and i was like now i have a really powerful pc i can do skyrim which i haven't played in like five years wow uh, i've been on a skyrim sabbatical because i was like i've That's played why it a I've lot been getting little steam notifications that bucky 127 is playing Elder yeah. scrolls 5 skyrim. yeah you have steam we've talked about this yeah um and so, yeah, I uh, 
now I have a pretty powerful computer, so I can play. Spy- so I'm now playing Skyrim, mm-hmm. but with mods. Like so, I uh. I've always played it on console. Mm-hmm. Um, and consoles are not powerful enough to like install mods and have their game run smoothly. Right, dude, the game is a completely different game when you have mods, especially when I haven't played it for five years. So like, I've only a lot seen of one mod for Skyrim, and it makes it rain trains in the Thomas the Train Tree. See, I didn't do any of place. those mods. Uh, I did all like graphics mods, so like water looks better. They're more like uh, accurate sound effects when you're like out in the wilderness, like mm-hmm. sounds and stuff like that. Uh, blood splatter is a little bit better. Just like. Uh, a complete change of the user interface of like menus and things like that to kind of you know how you can get really good graphics go outside i open my window and i get a lovely view of my front gate and cars driving in and uh people using our neighborhood as a turnaround yeah saw a car that's the same kind of car as kaylin the girl in the car looked a lot like Kaylin mm-hmm. and had a dog that looked a lot like our friend Stevie's dog. And she pulled into the neighborhood and kind of seemed to be heading towards our garage. And so I thought it was Kaylin. And I texted her and I was like, why do you have a dog? <laughs> she was at happy hour with her teacher friend. She's like, I don't have a dog. I'm like, so here's the story. <laughs> a really awkward thing for me to do. Uh, um, so you're becoming the nosy neighbor. Uh, I have always been the nosy neighbor. Okay. Um, You're just getting to fully realize your potential. Yes. Cool. Uh, But also, both of my neighbors are college students, and I just get agitated at them. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. College students are agitating. They're the worst. Uh, Except one of them, I think, puts our trash out for us. So, you know what? Okay. You're good in my book. Good on you, left-hand neighbor. Right-hand neighbor. Depends on your perspective. That's true. From my perspective, my house, my perspective. I'm the one. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't I'm matter. That's, I'm the one that's approaching your house, so I'm always seeing it from the left. Fair yeah. enough. Except when you're leaving my house. I took a shot in the dark, and I was going to come up with a coherent argument either direction. Look, so. you, you got a 50-50 shot, and you can argue for either direction, and so exactly. you got a basically 100% shot. This is the nice thing about not having ideals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm playing Skyrim, and it is a... Uh, after playing red dead and i've talked about this before Mm -hmm. red dead forces you to slow down and like experience the game Mm -hmm. and it kind of taught me a bunch of habits and stuff and i've been applying to skyrim like i'm going much slower in skyrim that's a it won a ton of awards and is like one of the best games ever made Mm -hmm. and i was like i've always been like yeah it's like a really good game this is an amazing game just it's it's just there there's so much like Honestly, it's a little annoying that I can't keep up with the quests that I get because, like, you walk into a new town and there's, like, an interaction that gives you, like, a quest and three miscellaneous quests. Yep. And then you go and you do them. So it's, like, you get a quest that has, like, a title. Like, it's yep. an actual quest with multiple objectives. Then you have, like, little additional quests. Mm-hmm. They're just, like, a little one line, like, investigate the Bo- cult of Boethia. And then if you go and do that thing, it gives you a new named quest. And it's just, like, it just... My quest list is like three pages long. I'm like, yep. I need to start whittling away at this because mostly I'm just exploring. Mm-hmm. I really like the if you have like a location, it's like the uh, Redoran's respite, respite cleared. Like if you go in, like there's like uh, a final boss and like in each of them, and like it's a dungeon, and you do the dungeon mm-hmm. diving, and you go and like, and so I'll just be like, all right, I'm gonna go to that place uh, from point A to point B, and I will as I'm going. Uh, if there are any locations that pop up on my way, I will immediately go and do the location and clear it. Okay. And so I've been doing a lot of that and clearing very few quests. Mm-hmm. And while doing that, I just acquire more and more quests. Right. So now I have a lot of quests that I need to do. So 
But uh, I like that. It's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Good. Good stuff. Yep. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Magic. Golly. I'm doing magic. It's the first time I've ever done magic. I usually do sword and shield. Magic the magic. Gathering? Yeah. I'm playing Magic the Gathering in Skyrim. That's pretty cool. It's a mod. It's one of the mods I got. That's a sweet mod. Yeah. You just go around and have tournaments at all the little towns and yeah. try to become the grand champion of the, the Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Gwent is a good game. I talked about that. I think I talked about that. It's the card no. game within Witcher 3. Oh, yeah. It's so good that they made its yes. own game, and I went and bought that game. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> That's fun. It's a, it's a good game. It's a, it's a testament to the quality of Witcher 3 right there. Yeah. I think. That's yep. a game I'm allowed to be okay about. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Video you should games. play Gwent. It's pretty fun. Okay. You might like it. Sounds good. All right. All right. Let's talk about these uh, Rings of Power. Rings of the Dragon and House of the House Power. House of Power. Yeah. Isn't that a... House of Cards. No, there's a there's a show. Or is it Book of Power? It's on TNT or something. <laughs> oh, that's your first problem. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so uh, House of the Dragon has had its first two episodes as of this recording. Lord of the Rings colon The Rings of Power had its two-episode premiere this mm-hmm. past week, so I've watched all of that. They are both aggressively fine. Okay. And it's super depressing. <laughs> They're just... So I I'm liking House of the Dragon better. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit first. Um, so House of the Dragon is the story of, um, well, it seems like they're building, I haven't read Fire and Blood closely enough to know exactly what the story is going to be, but it sounds like they're building up to the Blackfire Rebellion. Mm. Um, but I might be completely wrong on that. Um, but basically it's, uh, King has no sons. Um, and so a Targaryen King, this is, uh, they <laughs> they they do a stupid little thing at the start of the first episode where it's like 178 years before Queen Daenerys. Really? Yeah. Huh. Little text text on screen thing. And it's like okay, great. Glad we got that settled. <laughs> um. And so it's uh, King Viserys, played by Patty Considine, um, has no sons, and so uh, he has his current heir is his younger brother matt smith played by damon target wait um damon <laughs> Targaryen, played by matt smith <laughs> um and then uh but there's some question of succession because he does have a daughter rhaenyra played by at this point millie alcock it's going to end up being emma something emma stone no although emma watson no less famous uh darcy emma darcy yeah. I don't know who that is. There aren't very many famous actors. Uh, Reese Fonz. He was mm-hmm. the lizard in The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh! He's in it. He's the Hand of the King. Huh. It's pretty okay. cool. Um, it's about all the actors I've recognized so far. All right. Not a whole lot of star power. Um, yeah, nobody knows Matt Smith. Beyond Complete Matt Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Smith and... To, some, I don't know if I'd call it are star you, power, but recogni- recognition. Ability. Are you getting past Matt Smith? Like, is he? Oh, yeah. Disappearing into he's, the character. He's great. Okay. He's uh, fantastic casting for the character, and uh, one of the more interesting people on the show. Okay. Um, is he staying cast? Yes. Okay. He's old enough. Gotcha. 
It's all the young people. Yeah. It's not like the crown situation because he was he was the first two Mm -hmm. Prince Phillips. But like the age jump was too substantial to be to still be him. (laughs) They could do awkward Guy Pearson Prometheus makeup. Oh, God. (laughs) That'd be pretty bad. Um, yeah, so it's the, the story of, um, the king figuring out his succession questions and all the hostilities that engenders. Mm. Um, so the first two episodes, it are, um, and I think this is going to be the thing of the show are very much focused on that central question and a core group of about eight central players, all wrapped around this one singular story, which I think is both a big selling point in its favor relative to Game of Thrones and also a potential limitation, but we'll see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the attractions of Game of Thrones is it is a huge sprawling story with characters going to all kinds of different interesting locations in the world and doing their own things and exploring all this stuff. And it's a, it's just a fantastic bit of world building and you really like the characters within it. And there, it's a lot, a lot of selling points there, but part of it is just the breadth of the story. The attraction with house of the dragon potentially will be that they can take this world that's already inhabited and fleshed out. And that we kind of understand the, the basic mechanics of at this point mm-hmm. and tell a more focused story in the sort of really satisfying political intrigue vein that people loved so much about mm-hmm. early game of Thrones. Um, there's a lot of small council meetings. Um, there's a there's a fun little thing. They have like a little holder and they put a glass ball in it when they're present at the meeting. Mm. It's never addressed or anything. It's just a fun little background detail that just makes the world feel that much more lived in and stuff. Mm. And I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm a little worried, though. So you're aware that there's time jumps. Um, the first episode is set basically over the course of a few days. Second episode is set over the course of a few days, six months later. The third episode from the preview is set probably at least a year after that. Okay. Um, and at some point it's going to time jump hard enough that we're going to have to switch actors for the teenage yeah. characters. I worry that by focusing the story that much, it's going to feel like, okay, so... There was a week where a bunch of interesting things happened to our characters and then six months where nothing happened. Yeah. And then a week where a bunch of interesting things happened and then six months where they were faceless men or something and became different people. And, <laughs> um, and I think we actually need a little, I, I'm worried that we're going to need a little more breadth. Um, there's a character interaction in episode two that I think is interesting or setting up some potential interesting character threads would be a lot better if we had just some fluffy dialogue between them at some point in that six month interim. Um, we, cause you kind of, you get the problem that you jump into this moment and you don't really understand the relationship between them. Mm. You don't know if the implications are okay. They actually have communicated and talked and expressed their feelings for each other. Or anything like that okay. between episodes. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm worried that they're kind of rushing just from plot point to plot point without mm. actually getting to know the characters. Because that's one of the other big attractions of Game of Thrones. You can do a Game of Thrones story without the breadth. But the other big attraction is the characters. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm worried we're not going to get to like any of them enough. There's a character that I'm fairly invested in, not Damon, um, Corliss Verlarian. Okay. Um, he's the, um, the master of ships. Got a bunch of ships. Okay. He's got some cool, uh, cool. He, he's also, um, Valyrian. Uh, he's got some cool, uh, Valyrian style dreadlocks. Oh, okay. I've seen him. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, He's a very fun character, and there's a lot of little details that kind of make you like him over the first two episodes. Um, and he makes a decision at the end of the second episode that feels a little out of character, but I don't think it would feel out of character if it had come at the end of episode five, where we'd spent the previous four episodes learning a little bit more about him and kind of right. how he operates. So aside from that, I mean, it's doing a lot of things well. There's some good blood and guts action. Um there's a, a minor villain popping up called the Crab Feeder that is literally feeding people to crabs, okay. which is pretty cool. Just like nail you to a stake and leave you for the crabs. Nice. It's good stuff. Um, he's got a creepy Didn't mask. Didn't know crabs were carnivorous. Probably. Well, I mean, like human carnivorous. They are actually, they do eat smaller fish. But... Yeah, leave, them a, leave them a carcass or a squealing sailor or what's left of a squealing sailor mm. and they'll go for it, I imagine. Um... There's a, uh, they don't have to hold back on the dragons, which is nice. Yeah. The dragons look good and feel suitably impressive. Okay. I think they haven't, they, they've shown a lot of respect to them and I'm hoping we get some good dragon on dragon violence before too long. Cause that's nice. always fun. Um, there's a, the, the first episode had a decent amount of gratuitous sex and gore which you'd expect from Game of Thrones. Um, the second episode, not so much. So we'll kind of see how the trend goes there. The first one might have just been, okay, here's the boundaries. We'll do some of this stuff. Nothing after that. But I don't know. Music's pretty good. It is a lot of rehashed Game of Thrones themes. Isn't the main theme the same? Yeah. Heard that. With a very similar intro sequence. Yeah. Which was a big letdown because the first episode, they had a. Uh, there's the Daenerys thing at the start. There are a couple of little wink and nods and one actually deeper cut thing that sort of connects it back to the story of deeper uh damon mm-hmm. that actually <laughs> that actually connects it back to the story of game of thrones um and i wasn't a huge fan of that i wanted them to try to get out from under game of thrones shadow and make it clear they're telling their own story All right and they did a better job in the second episode except for the whole intro sequence thing but we'll see I think there's reason for optimism here. I could easily imagine a show, a version of this show that's really good and compelling and I like on its own merits. This could end up being just a flat nothing burger of a show that has 30 minutes of useful stuff to justify it at some point. Okay. Ryobi one. Yep. Rings of power. Okay. I was looking forward to hating this show. I have heard that it's plot aside plot and writing mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff aside i've heard it is a beautiful show it looks pretty good i have been told by jay stoops <laughs> <laughs> to watch it on its biggest because she went to the like the mm-hmm. theater premiere okay she she was like you need to watch it on the biggest tv you can find mm-hmm. um and i'm excited for that i yeah i wanted because based on the trailer because that's what i was talking about when the trailer came out i was yeah. like this looks gorgeous mm-hmm. and i'm excited to like to see it yeah even if the plot's bad it looks like it's gonna be gorgeous yeah um i'm 
not getting very much of the Amazon Prime glossiness that I was worried about with the visuals. Good. Um, Still a little bit though. Uh, just a little, like some Could of the it be scenes, like confirmation bias. Like you're yeah, kind of looking. I, for I it. know I am looking for it, yeah. and so I know I am seeing some of it. But there, but there are some scenes that I think are genuinely that kind of. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just everything looks good, but it somehow feels a little unnatural. Right. And it's not even a CGI thing. I think there's some practical stuff that I'm getting that they feeling did. from. Yeah, they did mostly practical in this show. Yeah. Um, there is a CGI troll that looks worse than the one in Fellowship from 2001. Oh, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly shrouded in darkness. So that's, that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's how fine. you do it. No smoke? No. <gasps> it's a snow troll. No plumes of snow in the air, smoke, snow dust. That no. happens. No, not really. Huh? Yep. Snow troll. Snow troll. Before you get into like uh, all the your stuff, mm-hmm. was I right about what it is? Like it is just after the war. Mm-hmm. As uh, what was my full theory? It's it's just after the war and is the forging of the rings. I think that's what my my theory was. Oh, that's what my theory was. Because you were. Something about jumping in and the war's already happening with Sauron or something. Someone go back and fact check us. Yeah. Because I remember thinking that during the episodes that I was right about what I thought and you were wrong, but. No. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I, I was know. wrong. Double check me. Yep. Who um, cares? Gage, drop in a clip here of Preston being wrong a few weeks ago. Do it. Do it. If it doesn't exist, make one. See, I was right. Oh, darn, I was wrong. I don't know how he's going to mess with this. I'll leave it up to him. Hey, that's, uh, uh, you don't have to do anything. Gage. You, uh, you, you film film for the edit. That's what saved Star Wars. Exactly. Go. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So Rings of Power is a very pretty show. It is very much doing the breadth thing. Okay. More than the focused story thing. Um. I'm still not entirely sure what the story is. Okay um there's some elves that are doing some things and some humans that are doing some things okay um and do, does do do any of the elves seem to have objectives uh yeah kind of um okay it is going to be about the forging of the rings that's going to be a, okay. a major driving plot element we okay. do know that um sauron is going to do something at some point probably is he have you seen him yet nope okay um we have not seen numenor yet um we've seen some dwarves dwarves look okay um i was really excited they they really hype you up to see kazad doom and it's full glory and then it's one kind of nice cgi long shot and then just sitting in some stone rooms for a little while. And yeah. then that same nice CGI long shot on the way back out. Good. Um, which was kind of disappointing. Um, although it, it is good that I was, this is in episode two, and it's good that I was invested enough in that point to be excited about the fan service kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't. Was there anyone who was just like, hey. What is this freaking tomb? It's like, this isn't a tomb, it's a mine. <laughs> no, nothing that it, it's <laughs> it's really doing a good job of avoiding aggressive. It's not doing JJ Abrams service. fan service. No, it's it, it is 
the 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 moments of fan service that have existed have mostly been like oh here's elrond he's going to be a character oh here's galadriel she's going to be a character oh there's this sauron dude he's pretty spooky probably (laughs) (laughs) all right um but i guess this kind of makes sense because one of the things i was going to point out with silmarillion is i think the entire show altogether is going to adapt about this much. It's, uh, it's what the listeners. This is see. about twenty pages. Yeah. So it's a very small sliver of the big, big old book of Silmarillion. Yep. Uh, which there are surely some interesting stories in there. Um, but the last time a high-profile creative team got their hands on a well-regarded fantasy series and left the source material behind, it didn't go very well. True. So, looking at you, Game of Thrones. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, there's there's a lot of individual things to like. Um, Galadriel is fine. She's kind of interesting. The performance is good. The performances are good all around. Good. It's apparently getting review bombed a little bit because of the whole racists or racist thing. Yeah. I, what else was getting review bombed recently? There's a movie that oh, She-Hulk is getting review bombed because uh, um uh because she has a better grip on her powers than Hulk and uh can't have a woman do that. No. Wouldn't people, want that. People are the worst. Yep, that's for sure. Um that's, everyone that's cast in their roles plays them very well, I think. The uh the the one elf of color we've seen so far is probably the most interesting character okay so far um so got that going for him um there are a couple of moments i've really liked um sort of a, a way to dig into the the world further that are not really out of tolkien sort i mean you sort of take a half sentence from one of the appendices and mm-hmm blow it out into an actual character moment that I think was pretty well done. And I think bodes well for the rest of the show moving forward. Music is pretty good. I did want to get your take on this. So Obi-Wan had a main title theme composed by John Williams Mm -hmm. and then someone else do the score. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought Williams did the whole thing. No. Oh, rings of power had Howard Shore do the title theme and bear McCreary do the score for the rest of the show. Okay. Um, my first instinct was sort of the fanboy. Oh, they brought back John Williams. Oh, they brought back Howard Shore. My second instinct was that feels a little weird. It feels like kind of punching for the headline a little bit. Cause the, the score for Obi-Wan was distinctly unmemorable. Yeah. The score for rings of power is pretty good um i mean bear mccurry is a really underrated composer really solid guy um there hasn't been a lot of memorable stuff with it so far and it might just be that he's kind of limited by the fact that there's an existing theme um and he's he's given interviews and said yeah i really love this theme it fits so well with all the music i already had but i i don't know if he does feel that sort of creative limitation at all I imagine it's also just more difficult to write for a TV show in general because you just need more music. Yeah. Thoughts? 
Do you have an opinion you'll, you'll go back on in a week or two? Well, I mean, I can't really have an opinion because I haven't heard it at all. It's true. It's fair. Um, but I imagine it's hard to... Like, when you make a theme, you then extrapolate from it. Yeah. Um, this is one of the nice things about the Game of Thrones score, is Ramin Djawadi wrote that title theme and was really excited about it and yeah. just made everything that. Yeah. Uh, if you build a computer you know that computer really well Mm -hmm. and as i'm gonna drop the analogy when you're writing a main theme Mm -hmm. as you're writing it your subconscious like when you do anything your subconscious is really really powerful Mm -hmm. you are subconsciously writing a bunch of variations and ways that you can extrapolate from it Mm -hmm. sometimes not even subconsciously sometimes literally consciously you're you're like writing the theme and you're like Oh, it would be cool if I did this, and then you stop writing the theme and go extrapolate. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the one of the struggles of being a creator is you just get too excited about your own ideas sometimes yeah. and don't focus. When you are given a theme and told to extrapolate, mm-hmm. it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And another example of that is, Ep- is uh, Goblet of Fire and yeah. also Order of the Phoenix to an extent, where you can yeah. hear the original John Williams themes... Mm-hmm. but attempting to extrapolate them. But it's really hard to do that because it's yeah. not your ideas and it's not things exactly. that you've thought about. Exactly. And so like the Howard Shore theme can be really good, but Mayor, Bear McCreary doesn't have a personal understanding of that, like a fundamental right. understanding of that theme Yeah. because he didn't write it. Yeah. It's a pretty bland theme by Howard oh, Shore, if we're okay. being honest. All right. Um, it really sounds just like repurposed music from the Hobbit gotcha. or something. Um, so that's what i bet it is it's just it's it's hard to blend yeah that yeah and it it also kind of seems like a it would be a little insulting for the the actual composer that's doing the bulk of the show like here we're we're really excited to have you on board but we we want the name recognition of the other guy so we're gonna have yeah. him get the credit for doing the title theme and you could do the dirty work of actually yeah. filling in the gaps um yeah that can't be very very yeah. good um bear mccurry's really good at self-promotion and i think he's done a good job and people are somewhat excited about the music but um i it just I, that's got to be a stumbling block yeah to some extent i don't know maybe i'm just blown out of proportion maybe it's nothing maybe it, i i thought of that and i was like huh interesting yeah so um yeah rings of power um it kind of feels like it could be pretty good. I, it's difficult for me to imagine a world where it's really good. Okay. Um, I, it's just, there's not enough excitement. There's, it's not focused enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's easy to imagine a world where it's just kind of fine for a long time. And then there's 30 minutes of really good content at the end. All right. And it's, it's depressing. Yeah. We talked about this, way back when the rise of skywalker trailer came out and we thought oh this looks pretty bad and this was right when uh game of thrones was ending Mm -hmm. right when avengers endgame or infinity war would have been infinity war would have been endgame 2019 rise of skywalker i was thinking a different thing yeah 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 um and we or i declared it and you jumped on board that it's the end of pop culture as we know it. And it's just, I'm, I'm genuinely not disliking either show. 
I will watch them. But we, um, man, and I have a we. I get done with lessons at seven thirty. We eat and we watch House of Dragon at eight. Mm-hmm. It's just we're we're on board. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch New Rings of Power episodes when they come out on Thursday. I might have Thursday night football pulled up on my laptop on the side, right. but um, actually, they might get through all of it before they start to take over Thursday night football because they don't pick it up right at the start. It's not important. Um, I am reasonably enjoying both shows. They're probably both somewhere between a six and a seven for me, but it's really depressing to contemplate a landscape of just nothing but content that's sixes and sevens. Yeah. MCU's at that point right now. Yep. The game of Thrones universe is kind of at that point right now. Star Wars is kind of, I'm still holding out hope for Andor, Mm -hmm. but the rational part of me knows it's going to end up being that again. Yep. Uh, Lord of the Rings, which I've talked about this before. You know how when Dune's coming out, we were, like excited the the day it was coming out i was texting you 12 hours until yeah. what div 11 hours to 59 just we were hyped for that movie mm. you know that feeling i get that feeling sometimes just walking past lord of the rings and seeing it on my bookshelf i'm like that book exists and i could go <laughs> read it right now life is so good and lord of the rings has been brought to just that depressing six or seven just a, a gray nothing and it's miserable Mm-hmm. it it i'm i'm hopeless i'm i'm so depressed about it not literally i'm fine i shouldn't use mental health analogies for my pop culture malaise but i it, it i mean it's just a it's a gray horizon i mean you're gonna hate that i say this but that's what you get when you get capitalism that's I, I firmly believe capitalism is the death of entertainment because people that's what happened is like people realize entertainment's making a lot of money mm-hmm. like entertainment didn't make a lot of money until like Gone maybe the, the early 2000s what gun with the wind is still the highest grossing movie of all time like, yeah, for some did like you had those big highlights yeah. but you didn't have the mc the iron man in 2008 yeah. and then following just like 500 600 700 million dollar things where it's just raking in money yeah and now you New get jeff bezos and elon musk and disney like just trying to like yeah. rake in the all only money. reason this show exists is because jeff bezos is a huge lord of the rings fan yeah that's why they acquired the rights that's yep. why they're pumping 250 million dollars into just a fine show yeah that's capitalism it capitalism uh basically um pushes any uh, industry into a lukewarm middle ground perpetually until a disruptor comes along until a disruptor comes along which we'll need with entertainment so like you look mm-hmm. at coffee and mm-hmm. like coffee was like coffee's been this uh it's gonna be a really weird thing that you i've never talked about on here but okay. i know a lot uh coffee is a um ancient thing mm-hmm. like coffee was discovered anciently uh, anciently forever ago definitely a word. <laughs> by a bunch of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, they had their own little thing. And then, uh, so you have what is the first wave of coffee, which is where it kind of became a mainstream of coffee. That's when like, um, Oh no, I can't remember the waves. Basically, I'm not going to know the waves exactly, but basically you get the Maxwell house 
mm-hmm. coffee hits. Uh, and then you got Starbucks, mm-hmm. like that wave of like these big chains. And now we're in the new wave of like a bunch of tiny uh, specialized coffee things. And like mm-hmm. there's all these different ways of making coffee and stuff. Uh, it's a kind of like a renaissance of coffee. Yeah. Uh, but that's because like before it was like kind of this like fancy thing that you could do. And then capitalism hit it. Mm-hmm. And then Starbucks is just lukewarm middle ground coffee. Yep. Like people, people will fight me on it because like, ah, oh, the, the, uh, pumpkin spice latte is the best thing ever. And it's like, yeah, you're not drinking coffee. You're drinking sugar and milk. Like that's not, that, that's yeah. you lose. You lost the coffee. Yeah. And it's like, that's with like art like with movies and stuff. You mm-hmm. lost the art. You are now being force fed. What? A a calculated montage of images that you have been proven to like, <laughs> not art. Yep. With Starbucks, you are being force fed calculated <laughs> combinations of sugar and milk with a splash of espresso that you are proven to like, and like it's. I hate Starbucks because mm-hmm. it's just not good coffee to me. Um, but. As like, someone who doesn't drink coffee, their tea is not great. I can't even imagine how bad their tea is. <laughs> it's not. It's not bad. It's I mean, just, it's also hard to get tea wrong because you. It's just leaves. Coffee, you have like all of the advanced chemistry of putting hot water into beans because it extracts mm-hmm. three different oils at different times. Right. So it's really easy to mess it up. Mm-hmm. With tea, you you put it in the water. <laughs> Yeah, but at what temperature do you put it in the water? That's true. How long do you it's, let there it are, there, there are, are variations there. that can there affect are, it. There are a lot of nuances in the actual yeah. growing of the leaves. Well, they don't do the growing of the leaves. Well, no, but, but they, they do the supplying of the... or the. Basically, I'm saying capitalism got its dirty, grubby hands into the entertainment industry and is yeah. ruining everything. And... Um, uh, we... It's got a... It's the hard thing to do is to unattached from the things we care about because they're going to use it against mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um, be the market force. Yeah. Just look for things that you enjoy. Yep. Um, and Jordan in- Peele, mm-hmm. independent artists, yep. like stuff like that. Look for those things. Look for things that are actually interesting. Yep. If you go to, if you repeatedly go to Marvel movies and you leave it and you're like, Oh, that was fine. Why? Why have you, why are, even if you're not like a, a critic, critical bitch like us, I can't call us critics because we're not, mm-hmm. uh, we're criticizers. We're, we're not criticizers, but you still time after time watch a show or a movie and you're like, that's fine. Why do you keep going back to it? Because people are okay with fine. <sighs> we're not because we're enlightened, but that's its own thing. In defense of capitalism, uh, thanks to entertainment capitalism, we do live in a world where, yeah, there's a lot of bland and sometimes kind of terrible mass entertainment stuff. But we also live in a world where there are so many good independent movies coming out that I can't keep up with them mm-hmm. at all. And well, that also, is, that's not a world that existed 20 years ago. The one, to me, the one benefit of capitalism is it pushes innovation. Mm-hmm. We would not have the CGI that's in the MCU right now if it weren't for capitalism and them trying to constantly outdo yep. each other. Uh, but now we're pretty much at a point where it's like, all right, we found our middle, like our, our, our kind of our mm-hmm. good peak. Like we can, we can settle in this area for a little bit and shut Disney up. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. 
I'm just really gloomy right now. Do you like him better than you expected? Um, I like House of the Dragon a little less than expected, and I like Rings of Power a lot more. All right. Than expected. I so was on average, you liked them like you you came out of it better than you expected. Yeah. So quit being gloomy. I can't. Stop it. <laughs> just stop. I'll use Gage's thing whenever I get depressed. Just stop. Just don't. Just, just don't. don't be sad. Be don't happy. be sad. Yeah. Well, you know what I can do that'll make me happy. Read Silmarillion. Just gonna leave you here. Shall I'll we skip the? I'll we skip shall. the preface because the preface is is. You're not. Uh, about the preface to do this. is great. There was Eru, the I one who in Arda is called right Iluvatar, and he made first the Ayunar, Ainur, the holy ones that were the offspring of his thought, and they were with him before aught else was made. And he spoke to them, propounding them themes of music, and they sang before him, and he was glad. And he said, Just Us Losers podcast can be found on <laughs> Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean. And wherever else fine podcasts are sold. <laughs> I leaned around to put the book back, and I came back, and my shoulder clipped the pop filter and knocked it to about here. Nice. It was a good time. We had fun. Uh, you can find us on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod, where hopefully Gage found one out of this that's not super depressing. Um, or maybe he did find a good depressing one, and it'll incite some controversy. That'd be good. Start a fight in the comments. Yeah, put a uh, put a depressing thing on TikTok and have all the comments tell you to kill yourself. <sighs> Love it. That sounds fun. Do it. I do have How I Met Your Mother. That's keeping me going right now. It's a really good show. Also the wife. I mean, she's working 80-hour weeks right now. I don't see her. <laughs> no. Um, I have a really fascinating book on major piece end games, which I'm going through, which is, is really satisfying. Good. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, got Hollow Knight to look forward to. Yeah. Essentially. Um, we're on Facebook, sort of. Uh, we're on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we have an Instagram at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we have a Gmail, Just Us Losers Pod at gmail.com, where. You can tell me that the uh, Soviet era movies made under communism in the 30s and 40s and 50s were uh, better than anything that's come out today, and therefore uh, we should just overthrow capitalism entirely. Yeah. Have you ever seen any of those Soviet movies from the 30s and 40s and 50s? Nope. Not good. They got pretty good in the 70s with Tarkovsky and such, but took a while. Um, look forward to next week is next week gonna have d23 news or is that okay uh it'll be a couple weeks hence um maybe preston will be caught up on lord of the dragon and house of the powers and then we can um talk about that a little more in in a little more depth well maybe we'll just save a a full in-depth discussion for when the seasons are done maybe that's the plan it's kind of fun that they can't hey it's another it's another pairing of things like uh deep impact and Armageddon. Yeah. Two fantasy shows based on beloved properties that are prequels based on not very much text and source material that are just kind of depressingly bland. I made myself sad again. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.